Video Vampires. This is Mickey. And Jessica. And Jessica. Uh, Jess, we got a lot to talk about before we talk about our movie. Go ahead and tell me what you've been watching. Well, I've mostly been watching TV. There's a lot of TV out right now. Like so much content that you could just never go outside ever again. But I've been watching, um, I, I think I might have mentioned it, or to someone, but I've been watching Killing Eve, which is this great sitcom show um, about, you know, a woman assassin and then the counterpart to her, which is like this woman, you know, secret agent who's trying to capture her and technically use her. I think it's great. Um, also written by the same person um, was Fleabag, which I fucking loved. I guess uh, I had just powered through all of it. So the first season was written, you know, or done like around three years ago and they finally just did a follow up to it. Um, I've just binged everything. I, I loved it so much. Uh, it's really great writing. Um, the story is believable, and you really, uh, you, I can identify with the character. Um, it's, it's really good. Uh, the ending is really good. It's just really funny and bleak and, and great. Okay. I like, well, we, like, I, I walked in on you watching it. Uh, I like, Oh, yeah, and it was just paused at this yeah. really great. <laughs> I like Olivia Coleman. Um, didn't Sandra Oh win something for Killing Eve? Yeah, and uh, I can't, uh, the woman who plays Villeneuve, uh, who I can't remember her name, um, but they both, uh, they won like BAFTA awards. Uh, they got there, it's because it is, it's great. It's a great, um, it's a great show. It's really fun. It's a really lot of fun, and it's like scary and like. Um, obviously she's a, she's like a sociopath. She's a serial killer rather than a, an assassin, but like they pin her as this, but she is such a great character. I do. I really love it. Um, so I've just been watching fucking all of TV, but we talked about, um, Chucky too, which I, cause I mentioned I wanted to see it. And then you had told me this like backstory about oh, it. Oh yeah. Yeah. Just that like, you know, Don Mancini who's, who created, I mean, he, he wrote Child's Play 1, Tom Holland who did Fright Night and, and, um, Oh God! Um, I mean, he did Child's Play. I mean, that's what, yeah, that's yeah. the other thing that I can think of. You know, I mean, he did like the I think he did the Temp and he did Thinner. But like the two movies that he's most famous for doing oh, yeah, are, are Fright Night and uh, Child's Play. But but Don Mancini wrote it, um, and then he wrote every installment, like all the sequels, and then he directed the last two, Curse of Chucky and Cold of Chucky, which are actually a fucking blast, the both of them. Um, but and then he's you know he's gone on to write for like he's he's worked on Hannibal. Um, He's awesome. Yeah. Um, and he's been trying to get this this child's play show off the ground, but there's these weird legal rights where it's like Orion Pictures has the rights to the first child's play movie, so they can legally remake it. Universal, I think, has the rights to Chucky. Yeah. Like all the you know like all the Chucky movies, the movies that are titled as such. You know, so there's this weird like legal thing or this weird rights issue where. So anyway, they're gonna go. Don Mancini's been trying to make this child's play or Chucky TV show, um, and which that, which would have been awesome, it, 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 or it is it, awesome. It, it still will. Yeah. I mean, if it happens, it still will be. The idea is that they want to make a show that you could walk in, watch it, have not seen any of the original movies, but um, if you've seen the last two movies, the way he's approaches, I imagine how he's going to once approach the TV show where you don't need to watch the movies, but if you do, if you are familiar with the franchise, you're like. Holy shit! Because it's like it's yeah. they bring in characters from all the I mean like all the movies. It's been a, such a fucking fun last two movies. But anyway, he's been trying to make this movie, and um, Orion's like, no, we're gonna go ahead and we're gonna make this this remake. Mm -hmm. And the thing about this remake is that like if it fucks up, which I think it will, because a lot of people are pissed about this whole thing, and a lot of people are like, why the fuck are we getting another remake? Yeah. It's which sucks because the cast is cool. The cast is cool, but um. And I love Mark Hamill, but I and I think Mark Hamill's voice acting is amazing. But Brad Dourif is totally Chucky, you know, and and yeah. he's supposed to he's supposed to reprise the voice in the show. But anyway, if this fucking movie go tanks, it could fuck up the the TV show because like, what if it goes really bad? And then like, yeah, you know, Universal's like, we don't want to move forward with this. So anyway, 
Orion reached out to Don Mancini, apparently, and we're like, hey, we want your blessing. He's like, nope. <laughs> He's like, yeah. why are you doing this? Like, you guys are fucking with my, like, you're fucking with my job. You're fucking with my livelihood. Like, this is, yeah, this you is my baby. My yeah, okay on this? No, man, fuck off. And, and then they made it anyway. And they made it anyway. And they changed the background where he's not, like, a, it's not through voodoo. It's, like, anima, it's like animatronics gone bad or, like, or like yeah, but that, uh, that's kind of lame, really. AI gone bad, yeah. Um, I, I, I agree. I, I just, I have no desire to see it. I love Child's Play 1, 2, yeah. and, and I actually really like four Dude, five and six i was really scared so after i was young you know and then chucky came on and it scared the shit out of me i'm not joking my mom got me a doll for christmas and i remember <laughs> burying it in my closet because i was so afraid it was going to come to life and kill me absolutely we were all like any of us that grew, like that were born in the 80s like yeah but my buddy oh my buddy or sister uh, this is the one terrifying that, this is the one that fucked me up the most was Teddy Ruxpin. Yeah. Teddy Ruxpin with the voice and then it, when the batteries were dying it was all slow and, and the clicking eyes, you know, ah! like and yeah, and I uh, had one. It was scary. My <laughs> yeah, and my aunt Kay had this um had, you know, she she's obsessed with Mickey Mouse. So she had this room of all this Mickey Mouse paraphernalia and every time I'd stay there, obviously, yeah. I'd sleep in that room. I used to sleep with the lights on at home because I was afraid of everything. But in my aunt Kay's house, like I had to sleep with the lights off, and there was a Mickey, like it was a Mickey Mouse doll, like Teddy Ruxpin, sitting in the chair right across from the bed, and so I'm like, every night I would, I'd stay there, I'd be pass, I would pass after just staring at that Mickey Mouse doll, waiting for it to start talking. So I think Child's Play, the, at least the original one, really hit with all of us. I mean, it wasn't an original. Yeah. Living doll movies, like go or Living Doll horror, goes back to like the Twilight Zone, even before that. But the, but I think Child's Play really like clicked with everybody because it was right at that time when Cabbage Patch Kids and you know Teddy Ruxman all that were like in vogue and like um, and that was the first horror movie I actually sat through beginning to end without screaming or crying or begging somebody <laughs> yeah. to turn it off so it was always a big deal to me so I, I'm really I'm really sad that they're they're doing this because um, you know I, I'm looking forward to the show which supposedly is still going to happen but yeah. also fuck Orion for trying to like make money um, off of like I, I know, get it just, uh, but make something new that doesn't happen in Hollywood. I know, I know. Um, did you hear though the the banana splits um, is going to get remade? Have into you seen a heart? the trailer? I haven't. No, it's an a, there's an actual trailer. Yeah, and that sounds it's amazing. funny because a lot of people are complaining about how terrible no. it looks, and I think it looks hilarious. I look, I mean, uh, it looks it's like yeah. like a fan like you know family goes to see the banana splits. They get trapped in the building. The banana splits go it's terribly wrong. Because again, I remember not banana splits, but there was a fucking documentary about this. For for the love of God, it wasn't. Obviously, it's not Chuck E. Cheese, but it's another. Yeah. You know, it's another one where, like, you know, like these animatronic animals fucking play music, and I guarantee somebody listening to this knows what the fuck I'm talking about. So fucking <laughs> let us know, because there was a fucking goddamn documentary about it. But um, I, I remember going to that as a kid back in South Jersey, and like that scared the shit out of me, because like again, it's that I think it always comes back to the Uncanny Valley story, you know, of like or the uh, mm -hmm. whole thing of like it looks real, but there's just something so off that like you can't unshake it, and it's just yeah. it's terrifying. And uh, yeah, but the Banana Splits trailer I actually think looked pretty good. It's going right to DVD. Oh, yeah. damn, really? I would it, love to see it. But yeah, it, it's going to be fun. I'm I'm into it, honestly, but I I didn't really see anything new in the theater and and this kind of goes along with um what we'll be talking about um later, but uh, I saw fucking John Woo, man, in in the flesh uh, at the Egyptian. Uh, they did a double feature of Hard Boiled and Face Off, um, and then John Woo was there in person. And I think when you when you think about Chinese cinema. You think a lot of action films. Uh, you think a lot of kung fu, especially uh, those like um, American and, and Chinese crossovers. You know, like yeah. like Bruce Lee, like uh, like Jet Li. You know, like um, Jackie Chan, um, Chow Young Fat, uh, yeah. who was in Hard Boiled, which is an incredible it film. Is. And the vibe is really good there. Even we've talked about you know movie theater vibes, and um, obviously everyone was just so psyched to see John Woo. Um, he's an adorable, charming man, by the way, and he, he is just great. Yeah. Um, I, I loved everything he was talking about, and he talked about a lot of um, cinema and, and making movies in, in China and Hong Kong and then coming over to America and making movies and the differences. Right. Um, but it, anyway, it, it was great. Um, Hard Boiled is such a good movie. And, it really and is. obviously Face Off, <laughs> um, even though you want to talk shit about it, I, it is such a great, ridiculous movie. I know, it is ridiculous. I rewatched, I saw it in the theater and I loved it. I was like, this is fucking amazing. And then I rewatched it like a year ago and I couldn't get through the first 20 minutes. I was like, dude, I kept, it's like, it for me, it was like, 
you know when people talk about Con Air and yeah. you're like, you, oh, yeah. when you talk about Con Air, it, the movie sounds, I mean, like there's no way the movie doesn't sound amazing. But when you watch Con Air, you're like, no, uh, I'm, no. I can't believe you right I, now. I, I, I said that too. And then I, I, I showed it to somebody because I was like, no, man, Con Air, man, it is the fucking shit. We had like, a, I remember our old friend Levi, like yeah. we had a double feature of Con Air and The Rock. I had never seen The Rock, <laughs> I'd never seen Con Air. And I was like, dude, man, Con Air is going to blow your fucking mind. And I realized as I was watching it, when I first saw Con Air, I was even like, man, this sucks. But after the movie's over and you're reliving it in your head and you're telling you're you are put, telling somebody the story of Con Air, it's so much better than the actual movie of it. Um, it's really ba- Con Air's really bad. No, yeah. it's not. It's great. Nick Cage and his fucking mullet. Oh wow! I don't got a problem. John with the Malkovich. It's I think a stupid even, accent. With Danny Cage. Trejo in one in a Dan piece. Trejo's in it. Yeah. Uh, fucking what's his name? John Cusack. John Cusack. Ma- I mean, yeah, Malkovich, Cusack, Cage. Yeah. Steve Buscemi. Yes, um, an the, incredible cast. The uh, oh, the phone freak from oh Hackers. yes, from yeah. Hackers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but it's an incredible film. Fuck you, Mickey. Well, I'm sure I have to revisit Face Off, but I do know a lot of people who are in love with that movie. So. It is. It's just. It's so ridiculous and great, and and it's like top Nick Cage. You know when he's just being a fucking maniac. Yeah. Um, and so even even um John Woo talked about you know Travolta. He kept he kept talking about um how he was called like one take. One take woo <laughs> on the thing because he would just do these one takes and be like, great, it's done. <laughs> like, he talked about how Travolta was like, you don't want me to redo it? And he was like talking about like, no, you're great. <laughs> like, you know, I it was just really what an endearing. But you um, couldn't. But Travolta man- couldn't be pissed about it because he did Broken Arrow and Face Oh, off. yeah. Yeah, exactly. And and he's such a great director. He really yeah. is. And um he talked about just like his love of movies mm-hmm. and, you know, how it's just like many of it is. It's a form of escapism. You know, shit's going wrong in your life and you run off and you're a kid and you go see a movie and suddenly everything's okay. Right. You know, um, and so I think uh, the other things I watched um, when we dive into like Chinese horror, which is really strange and, and I wish I had more time to, to go over this because it's such like a weird history uh-huh. um so i watched two other films <laughs> yeah are just so strange well um one was uh we're going to eat you which uh is made by the same guy uh I'm trey gonna, hark yes i'm gonna butcher these names so i apologize in advance because i'm sorry they're i'm shit um but he made that movie like double team double team with Jean-Claude Van Damme and Dennis Rodman. Um, I know you guys remember this. And then he made like Knocked Off or Knock Off um, with Jean-Claude Van Damme in the 90s. Um, But he also made like Once Upon a Time in China. He made it, and he's like one of Hong Kong's most notable directors. I think he's actually one of the judges on the um, Cannes Festival. He did uh, Time and Tide, which is a great action film. Um, It's so fucking weird. (laughs) Like this movie is, um, we're going to eat you. Is about uh, you know uh, an agent who who's looking for someone and and goes on this um, island that's overrun by a gang of cannibals. Cool. Um, And it is, uh, and I think a lot of horror or or a lot of um, cinema um, is ingrained with like kung fu, and it's such a it is like martial arts is such a big part of the life there that it isn't a lot of cinema. So this obviously goes along with it, but there's some, it's so weird. It's, it's graphic and, and kind of gory, but it's also really campy and really funny. So uh, there's a scene where like this guy, uh, the agent is fighting off this, this gang and uh, he <laughs> rolls a cigarette. Like oh, yeah. he go he puts the paper down and then he's like, fighting like on this guy's shoulder and then he puts you know the tobacco in and rolls the cigarette and smokes it and it's so fucking good but then there's like this weird and it and it's funny because i made this comment to a friend and he's like isn't it funny how like male rape is is for comedy and i was like yeah it's really fucking weird but uh there's like a whole weird scene and and i can only compare it to like in who framed roger rabbit with the cartoon was like (laughs) it's a man and like going insane but you know the thief is trying to get away from this agent and there's like this woman who who is obviously played by a very large man um, who is like capturing. And there's a scene where like she has him in his arms and then she throws him up into the bed over the railing of. <laughs> and it's it's hilarious, um, except it's not. And even in, in the movie, he's like screaming like, wait, someone help me. And then he escapes. But I was like, this is so weird. Um, but it is such a re- I loved it. It's a really great 
campy movie. And then I watched um, Blood Reincarnation, Mm -hmm. uh, which was sort of like that. You know, there's three ghost stories. Um, I loved it, but it is it is. I was watching it on YouTube, too, so I don't have the best quality, but it is very cheaply made. Yeah. Um, a lot of painted production sets, which I kind of makes it um, more endearing. Yeah. But it's you know your typical stories like you know a, a couple is is helping this woman um, bury something, this old woman bury something, and they think it's treasure, so they kill the old woman. Like and you then, do. And yeah, because that's what you do. You fuck old people anyway. Um, but you know, obviously, and then they dig up the treasure, but it's not treasure; it's just old bones. And then that, it's kind of weird because then you know that lady gives birth over the dead woman's body and then um, like the evil the baby's i don't know it's really strange um and then but it, it's also kind of cool and it does tinge like in the, one of the last stories about a guy who uh is r- falsely accused of murder but um he get and it's and it's great because uh you know that old folklore story even i was told it as a kid of the girl with a slit throat but she's wearing a scarf what fucking story are you? You've never you never heard that? Where oh, like, and then they pull the scarf off and her head falls yeah, off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That is this story, which oh, uh, yeah. is is great. But he he can only live so long, and he goes home and he kind of wreaks havoc because he's dead. And then they take off the scarf and his head falls off because it was chopped off in real life. Okay, I remember <sighs> that one. Real, yeah. real life, but yeah. But anyway, the it, it's really oh. Chinese. The movies that I watched are really interesting. I didn't watch anything until today, but I, I watched a few things. Yeah, what did that you That weren't watch? Chinese. Um, I had a Western, I, well, just a kind of a, inadvertently a Western-themed weekend. A Western-themed weekend? Uh, where I watched, I watched the Deadwood movie, which... Oh, yeah. I've been waiting... All right, my two favorite shows all time, Twin Peaks, Deadwood. And the Deadwood finale, I waited because I was waiting for... I want, you know, you want to watch it with somebody, right, who's watched the show. Unfortunately, everybody I know who had, you know, who, was, who had... Watch Deadwood were like, I'm going to catch up. And I'm like, I've watched those three seasons so many times that I could, you know, I could probably recite them, you know, on my, you know, without having, you know, sight unseen, you know. So yeah. I, I didn't need to wait. I didn't need to like, watch them again, but I was waiting and waiting. I was like, fuck it, I want to watch it. So I watched it. When Game of Thrones first started and people were like, Game of Thrones, I was always like, yeah, but Deadwood. Uh-huh. Like, that Deadwood finale fucking proved my point where I was like oh this is how because I didn't you know I didn't I remember like when we watched Game of Thrones the last episode we which we watched together I was like oh you know I don't like how they got there but I don't mind where they went where they yeah. where they landed I don't I just wish they had you know put more time into getting there uh watching Deadwood the finale or the movie I was like oh never mind I take it all back this is how you do a fucking show this yeah. is how you fucking you you cap off a uh three se- a show yeah. Um, in, uh, it was like, oh, I think over a decade, you know, Oh gap. yeah. There's a long, that movie was fucking fantastic. It made me, I was, I was into it. I got like choked up. I got like, I was yelling at the TV a few times cause like there's some shit that goes down. And I was like, <laughs> it was, it was everything that I wanted a fucking, I think it is the best finale of a show ever. I mean, and, and I say that because like, I loved the Twin Peaks, the return miniseries or the series, yeah. but not a lot of it took place in Twin Peaks. You know, whereas Deadwood, the movie, all of it takes place in Deadwood. And it's, it is Deadwood. Like, I felt like, I remember, I was, as I was watching, I was like, oh my God, I am feeling that feeling I got when I watched the first three, well, the, the three seasons, you know? And like, like I, you know, it just, I, it, there was something, a weird, I don't know, a weird vibe or a weird feeling where I was just like, I felt like I was back in time and I was like, this is, this is f- fucking fantastic. Um, everybody there is awesome, on point. Tim, Tim the Oliphant, Ian McShane. Um, Jesus. Oh, um, yeah. Fucking. Timothy Oliphant. Timothy Oliphant's fucking rad. He's a babe. Um, uh, John Hawk, you know, everybody was just fucking fantastic. But um, I watched that and then Kate and I watched, we were arguing over what movie to watch. We ended up landing on. The Sisters Brothers, which I don't oh, know. Oh, I liked. Yeah, I did. I really liked it. You didn't like it? I thought it was one of the best movies that oh, have come okay. out in the past Your few years. Oh, okay. Your face for a second. I was, I was like, dude. I was surprised. I wanted to see it when it came out, and then I was just like, I just one of those ones that just got by me, you know, because I think the only place I could think of was playing with Santa Monica, so. Yeah. Um, but I watched it, and I was like, this, how is this movie not- It's great. Not bigger. How did it not get, you know, more attention- I think it was because it was a VOD too, right? So it was a VOD limited release and, yeah, in, in, in the VOD. Yeah, yeah, but it's a shame because it yeah, was, I really liked it. It's fucking great. Like uh, Joaquin Phoenix is awesome. Uh, John C. Riley's awesome. Yeah. Um, it felt. Uh, I mean, Jake Gyllenhaal is awesome. 
Yeah. Like I was like, oh um, yeah. What's his name? The dude from, from Nightcrawler. Um, Nightcrawler. Remember the guy who? Remember his assistant in Nightcrawler? Oh, I yeah, but I wasn't. I wasn't thinking of Nightcrawler. I was thinking of everything else he's been in. That's one. Well, I just thought it was weird because they're both. It was a movie with him and Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah. Where they're basically playing the same character, like they're playing yeah. the same dynamic, but like flipped. You know, where mm-hmm. it's like. Um, but I really like Sisters Brothers a lot. I recommend everybody to watch it. Um, I went to the Egyptian last Saturday for Cinematic Voids, Camp Void, which was... Oh, yeah. Um, the first movie was Friday 13th Part 4. Easily my favorite of the whole franchise. I had a great time watching that. Second movie was... Uh, I'm trying to... Yeah, it was Meatballs 2, which I had never seen. And they're not I all horror movies. These are all camp. Me- I've never seen Meatballs 2 Meatballs either. 2 uh, will, blow, is, will blow you away. Uh, <laughs> there is everything in the fucking kitchen sink in that movie. Um, Pee-wee's in it. Uh, oh, really? Yeah. Um, there's an alien in it that's going to summer. That's coming to Earth for summer camp. Um, there's like a weird like, oh, you know, we have to save the camp at the end with a big like competition, you know, like. It is fucking insane. And I was like, man, I am just glad to be alive right now. Um, how did I get away with like my entire life without seeing meatballs too? Um, especially if you see something like What Hot American Summer, like the movie, and you're like, you're like, yeah. oh my God, they're riffing, they're totally riffing off of meatballs too. Like the whole like the really? weird, yeah, weird random shit going on. Like um, it's if anything, What Hot American Summer is an homage specifically to Meatballs too, in my opinion. But mm-hmm. um, the third movie was because I know I sat through four of them. Um, no, I, I didn't. I sat through three and a half of them, and I'll tell you why. So the third movie was Humanoids from the Deep, which I had watched and mentioned here uh, a few episodes ago, where it's like awesome movie, but just it can you can sum it up real quickly as like fish people, fish dudes rape women yeah. in a small fishing town. Ah, uh, okay. Um, like a weird, like these weird fish monsters uh, that look fantastic. And um, it's, it's actually a really good Roger Corman-produced film. Um, like I said, I mean, I just summed it up. I mean, it's really what it is, but you shouldn't let that detract from uh, watching it. <laughs> okay. um, and then the fourth movie, the one where I was just like, I can't do it. I was just like, I cannot do it. I've been, uh, you sitting know. Sitting too long. Sitting too long um, was Private Resort, starring Johnny Depp and Rob Morrow. It was a, a sex comedy from the 80s that oh. just did not, I mean, I, I have this thing with, like, with movies like that where, you know, especially now you know yeah when you watch them you're like okay i can actually like i know when a movie's problematic but i go i'm gonna let it go because it, it's like the intention doesn't seem harsh yeah it's a little harder when you watch them like revenge of the nerds mm-hmm. where you're like fuck like there's you can't you can't walk you can't escape any of that stuff like revenge of the nerds i don't know if you when was the last time you watched yeah. that but i mean he he straight up rapes somebody Oh, he's wearing I, he's wearing a Darth Vader mask or, or a mask yeah, or anything, and I'm, she thinks it's her boyfriend, but it's totally not her boyfriend. It's oh, him. Oh yeah. And then afterwards, she was like, she the only reason why it's okay, and I didn't you know, for those who didn't see me do the quotation yeah. marks, is because he was so good at sex that like it was uh-huh. okay. Even though the fact that she just like she just fucked some dude that she think that yeah. she thought it was her boyfriend and it wasn't. And then you watch before that, even before that stuff, like they're like they they go into like they they sneak into this fucking um, they sneak into the girls. You know, sorority house. Even though the the girls yeah. are, are fucking bitches and they fucking they humiliated them, their revenge is to go in there and like <laughs> install cameras all over oh, there. Oh yeah, yeah. So and then at the end of Revenge, there's not a lot of people who haven't seen it in a while do remember yeah. this stuff. But at the end of the movie, it's like, oh no no no, no. like hey, nerd persecution's got to end. And it's like, oh, you guys are the underdogs. No, you guys are garbage. Yeah. Like, and if you guys acknowledge you guys were garbage, that was gonna be fine. But it's not. It's like it's trying to say, no, no, this is okay, guys. Um, so Revenge of the Nerds is, I, I, I got, again, I've, st- I've watched it recently because that fucking Lambda, Lambda, Lambda rap at the, you know, the talent contest is so fucking good. But, um, again, I can watch Porky's, I can watch, you know, I can watch Screwballs, I can watch a lot of these movies where I'm like, eh, that wouldn't fly today. Mm-hmm. But, um, Private Resort, just, man, I was just like, fuck, man, this movie kind of sucks, you know? It's just like, and not only is it a bad movie, and, you know, of course, I understand that Johnny Depp and Rob Morrow want to destroy any copies they yeah, buy. Yeah, but you can't. Yeah, no, like, no. yeah, I don't think it's like a serious pact. I think it's just like, man, we're so embarrassed. And when you watch it, you're like, yeah, I get it. Like, this movie's yeah. pretty shitty. And I was like, I've been sitting too long. Um, I, you know, I love Taurus Trap and Hills of Eyes, which were the last two movies which we've also done on this podcast yeah. not too long ago, not, not long enough ago for where I can be like, oh, it's still f- Yeah, it's completely I want to sit through yeah. this, yeah. So um, oh, that was my... Yeah. Um, before we get into the China thing, I, I have to address this. because like, The China thing. 
the China thing. The, the, yeah. the, the, we're we're going to be visiting, for those of you who haven't been listening and are just tuning in now, <laughs> we're, <laughs> we're, uh, we're doing an international. We're going all yeah. over the world. And this tonight, today's episode is going to be in China. But um, Fangoria has an Instagram. Yeah. And, and this entire month, they have been, um, they've been celebrating LGBTQ filmmakers. Yeah. Um, Clive Barker being one of them. And mm-hmm. um, the comment section has fucking infuriated me. Dude, don't do that. I you know. can't do that to yourself. I know, but it's like it's like here's the thing. And like I, I'm I'm pretty sure like we don't talk about stuff like this normally on our podcast. I feel like we pretty much we're very open about like where we stand on things and we're just we're very unapologetic about it. But I swear to fucking God, if I hear another fucking person say, why do we have to have a you know when when can we have a straight pride month? You're a fucking idiot. It's Be- yeah. When you have a f- when when the vice president of your country, the country you live in, thinks that being gay is a, a, an aberration and it's not normal, and um, you know, yeah, that's why we have to have a fucking Pride Month because, you know, I was saying this to you know a friend of mine the other day, like you know Solomon, who we had on our podcast for the Vamp episode, yeah. Um, if, you know, he's obviously he's openly gay, you know, and I, I, we lived together for a few years, you know, um, he's one of my closest friends. And um, if, if, if everybody in the world lived like Solomon did, I would be like, yeah, I don't understand why there's a pride month because here's somebody who, who walks, talks, breathes. I mean, he's just unapologetic about it and, and he's unabashedly, you know, who he is. And that's great. And I love that. But there, you have to remember, there's some people, there's some boys and girls who, you know, are, Living in like in a small fucking town where everybody in the world is like you, they can't be themselves, and um and you know and then they have to hear fucking stuff like you know why don't we gonna have a straight pride month and it's like fuck you so if you're listening to the podcast and you're one of those people that are commenting that check yourself think about what you're fucking saying oh no I'm just gonna go straight up just don't <laughs> listen to us that that's, too that's the line in the sand is, yeah. I, uh, Maybe we haven't talked about it, and we probably could spend an entire episode on our thoughts on this. But um, yep. if you can't respect basic human rights for everyone, then you can right. eat shit. And if you can't understand that th- those human rights, those basic human rights, have are, are not applied to everyone right now in this yeah. current climate, and you don't understand why we need to have a, a, a Pride Month, you know. Which, by the way, if you don't understand it's, why you don't have a Pride Month, Pride Month is one of the funnest fucking times in in any city, I think. Yeah. Um, go to you know instead of fucking like being a fucking idiot, go to a fucking show. Go to a fucking like go to a gay club. They are they are the happy. It's the funnest time you're gonna it's, fucking have. It's, yeah. Let's. Uh, uh, but also, go I fuck think, yourself. <laughs> yeah, but also eat shit. Um. Yeah, I, I think the worst thing you can do on the internet is just go into the general comment section of an, anything and just it's see, because it, it's just a mix of, of... I know. It makes me sad, though, when it's horror, because I feel like horror is one of the most inclusive... It should be one of the most inclusive things, because it's embracing the the difference in everybody, you know, and, and everybody's got, you know, everybody's... We're all fucking weird because we get off on watching these weird fucking movies or we watch this shit, and it's like, well, I don't I don't care about the fucking director's sexuality. I just care about their talent. And it's like, yeah, but you know that when they're... When they're when any creator that's making something is infusing a part of themselves in that, and so, ta-da, yeah. you know, like, that's um, why these characters have this, like... We'll reserve this for yes. like a, an episode when we go through stuff like this, which we we will and we have obviously yeah. we've we've done Clive Barker and and stuff like that. But God damn, I couldn't I couldn't just, I had to because I just saw I it. I know, you know, I know it's it's infuriating and, and especially the internet will do that to you. But we went to China. Well, we did <laughs> went to China. I actually wish I went to China. <laughs> um, I would love to go to Hong Kong. We but had- but yeah, you. I mean, the whole uh, with Chinese horror, and, and like you said, um, horror isn't really ingrained from the beginning. Along with any type of mythology, there's always a piece that is gonna detail suffering and pain, and and um, and that goes into horror mythology. Yeah. Um, just like Chinese horror mythology is very old. You know, I yeah. think um, they had books on it in late. 17th century, you know, which um, were made into movies in in um, the early 1920s. You know, the birth of cinema. Of course, everyone is gonna have horror movies too. Yeah. Um, and even um, Chinese cinema, I think they they did some horror movies and and 
I'm just kind of browsing the history of Chinese horror. Sure. So I'm not an expert, but I did find some great sources online. Um, there's it's subchina.com, subchina.com, um, and then uh, like, like World of as China. As in like what subchina? Yeah, yeah, like, like subchina. And uh, and so there's like these great outlets where there's articles on on Chinese history and and um, filmmaking, um, which were which are great um, resources to find these these beautiful films that have such deep um, mythology and, and legend in it. So uh, so you know there's there's uh, the the 1930s, which a lot of this is found on YouTube. The two movies I mentioned earlier, and I'm, I'm you guys might as well just get it before censorship comes and takes them away. But um, I found all of the Asian movies that I've mentioned in this episode and last episode free on YouTube. Please cool. go watch them. They have American um, or English subtitles. They have Spanish subtitles. Um, so you can definitely watch them. Um, you know, it wasn't free. What? The delicious meal we had at Golden Dragon uh, <laughs> to, to accompany Dude, our movie to, to pair with our so movie. It's so good. It it's was. definitely just straight up candy chicken. Candy chicken. But damn, it's great. But yeah, I think um, I think shiny cinema um, a lot in the 1930s, and then there was yeah. the the war. The, I again, if I mispronounce any of these names or anything, please don't execute me. I'm I am just we don't an do idiot. that here. Um, the the Sino Japanese War. There was a lot of restrictions, and I sure. think because war was going on, you know, a lot of people felt the need to not make horror movies or they thought that real life was so horrible that sure. they were like, let's not see it. So there was a lot of restrictions, I think, early um, in in the Chinese um, horror. And so I think uh, maybe when, and I started watching a lot of um, 70s and 80s yeah. Um, Chinese horror, which is still very campy and jokey and, and uh, different based, but there was like the, the Shaw Brothers, um, I think this British... Um, well, com- production they worked company. with Hammer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, um, had started putting out um, things, what, in the late 60s, well, 70s? Yeah, late 60s, 70s. Shaw Brothers, the Shaw Brothers, they were mostly like kung fu films until yeah. 1970. And I, I, I just watched this recently, like 74, I think, uh, uh-huh. which is what you're, I think you're, the, the direction. Seven, yeah, the seven, yeah. Legend of the Seven Golden Vampires. Mm-hmm. Yes, which uh, which is great because it kind of goes into the vampire movie that we just watched. Yes, so um, one of the so one of the big things in, in Chinese folklore, especially in horror, is uh, the Zhangji, which is um, they uh, they are the hopping vampires. Yeah, um, and I love this because um, originally with the hopping vampires in, in China, it was they they would just they were, they were vampires, but they were more like they would steal your life force, and then of course. Uh, different cultures kind of bleed into each other, and then they became, you know, blood-sucking vampires like we we think of now. Um, mm-hmm. But these vampires, they fucking hop. They have their arms stretched it's out and they hop. Weirdly scary. It is. It is <laughs> because there's something. There's, there's no life behind it. But yet yeah. Um, but what I love about that is um, sort of the, the re- legend that comes from. And I think this is to me. This was like so fucking rad. And I was telling my fiance about it, and she was like, "Yeah, but that's not true." And I'm like. Well, no shit, but I mean, like, it's such a cool... <laughs> but the legend comes from, like, the idea of that, like, um, villagers would be unable to afford to transport their loved ones, their deceased loved ones, yeah. to um, a, a proper burial place. So they would ask um, a uh, Taoist priest to... With, but the Taoist priest would basically resurrect the body and transport it through the, the woods at night from one place to another so they can be buried properly. Yep. Um, and they would do it at night because if you saw a hopping corpse you'd be like you'd be fucked for life unless yeah. you're a Dallas priest so they would also ring bells so you knew that if you were out and about at night you'd go oh shit like, i gotta I look away yeah. yeah yeah i can't see this right and like um the other and so that that's where the it comes from and then um the idea of them hopping derives from the idea that like their legs and body are are lacking a lot of mobility because they're fucking dead. So they can only really hop yeah. and they use the arms to as mobility to like kind of balance and and to kind of project themselves forward. Um, obviously movies are going to play around with that a bit. Um, the interesting thing is that Legend of Seven Gold Vampires, they're still played like traditional vampires, mm-hmm. except for there's a few scenes that if you're watching, you're like, wait, is that fucking dude hopping? And you're like, oh, it's, it, they're, it's, it's, yeah. This, Cause like the hopping vampire, uh, as a as a horror film staple, does not really become a thing until the '80s, when that's when really when with this movie, yeah. where it really becomes they're really going back to the folklore. Um, and uh, the movie we watched was, and I love this title because you know what you're getting. <laughs> it's called Mr. Vampire. Yes. Um, and it's it's great. It's this weird 
Um, it's very weird. Very weird. I love it. Yeah, I loved it. I loved I did. it too. I um, don't watch the American trailer if you see it on YouTube because it's really fucking Man, stupid. They ruin everything. Well, it, but it's like it's got this weird like. It, it, it's a weird, like, uh, voice being like, you know, just kind of like, um, it's a really bad trailer. I can't describe yeah. it either way. Like, you got to see because you're like, because if I showed you that trailer, you'd be like, this is fucking garbage. But and even though we just watched the movie, you'd still be like, man, this movie looks terrible. Um, there's basically this Taoist priest and his two, his two apprentices, they're, they're trying to perform a reburial. They're trying to, they're, they're digging a body up and they're going to move it to another plot um, of land. As part of this ritual, this this you know this high you know high society city guy was like, yeah. hey, fortune teller told me to rebury my dad and I'll get all these fortunes. So he's like, all right, well, we'll dig him back up. But of course, you know, when they dig him back up, you know, uh, one of the reasons why people become um, Zhang Shi is um, because we're comprised of our good and bad, or the Hun and Po. And when we die, our Hun leaves our body, but the Po remains. And the Po, like the Hun, is your your soul, the Poe is your anger, all these other uh-huh. things that are um, that are bad. Um, and they stay with you. And he even says in the movie that like the 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 corpse died angry, so it has this anger in it, and it, it, it's turned it into a a, uh, a vampire. And um, the way that, you know, of course, it, like in other folklore, if you're attacked by a vampire, you become a vampire. And, and um, they kind of have this weird, like, oh, shit, we're going to have a vampire, two vampires, three vampires, and then there's a ghost in it. Yeah. A, a hot ghost that that uh, a hot lady ghost, hot lady yeah. ghost that like so basically this guy, this like this fucking wise priest and everything like that who's played by a he was in his thirties, yeah, he was in his thirties, uh, but and had a great <laughs> eyebrow <laughs> piece going on. They grayed his hair and gave him a long unibrow. Yeah, his apprentices are two bumbling idiots. One who gets turned into a vampire, the other one who gets seduced by this ghost. And so not only does he have to deal with the ghost of this one. Well, this it, made it was a kind of a nice, sweet love story. They couldn't be together. Yeah, it gets it, for like a, a for thirty seconds of this movie. You get like, whoa, whoa, hey, that's pretty heavy, you know? Like, yeah, you're like, wait a second, this is sad. Um, <laughs> but what I love about it is that, and I love about this movie is that it's it's very there's a lot of slapstick to it. I mean, it is it is very slapsticky. Even um, the part where he's in the jail cell, oh, you know? God um, yes. It's it's great though. It is great. What's great is that like it, it's it's funny because like in that scene that you're seeing you're referencing, so there's a scene where like you know of course uh, one of the, the the townsperson who wants to bury up dig up his father and everything, he ends up two for for a reason. Yeah, it was it yeah. was greed. Yeah, right. Exactly. He ends up dead uh, with two puncture marks. So we know he's going to become a vampire. And um, they don't know who to accuse. So they they lock the priest up, and the priest is telling his apprentices like, "Hey, tonight bring me X Y. You bring me X Y Z from my vampire kit." And you take care of the you you keep guard and everything like that and protect the girl. Yeah. Um, because they're the vampires are going to come back and he's stuck in the cell and I think that was to me like there's something great about that because you could have played that in a completely opposite way and that would have been really scary. Like, uh-huh. hey, the only person who can actually do anything is locked up with the vampire yeah, too ex- in exactly. the same room. Yeah, exactly. That's a really fucking cool idea. Uh, instead, they go in kind of a different direction where it's like that whole scene is like. The the choreography. Well, it's really funny because I I noted it the scene with the cop, you know, yeah. and it it the scene sets itself up for this part, and yeah. you kind of expect it, and the fact that he misses is so fucking funny to me. Yeah, uh, it's kind of perfect. You know what I mean? Yeah, there, there's a lot of like, um, you know, like somebody gets tied up to something. Yeah. And so they're they're tied up to something, and then they they move a certain way, and they end up tying up somebody else, and now you got three people that are like fumbling for like. You know, in this action sequence, but you got it's it's if you've seen, but it's kung, it's like also martial arts. It's so it's it's beautiful. a great funny dance. Yes, uh, it's ballet. It's great. Yeah, it, it is, and uh, a lot of that comes from the producer who is Sammo Hung. And I was telling you that like Sammo Hung um, in China, he's a contemporary. He's a he's up there with Jackie Chan. In fact, yeah. they grew up together. They're friends. They've had a healthy rivalry. You know, like but they've known each other since they were kids. And Sammo Hung is this like chubby like if you saw me like there's there's this guy's no agility no whatever he is like one of the most agile people in the world he's like he's fucking insane he's choreographed so many fight scenes you probably don't even know about yeah um he has written he's acted in movies he's written and directed films he produced um this fucking movie mr vampire and um a lot of the choreo i think he did a lot of the choreography in it and you can see that because there's that that kind of that jackie chan-esque um 
kung fu in it yeah. where it's like there's a and that actually comes from the fact that back in the day they couldn't get away with um they they, they had they weren't allowed to do certain move like i think a certain martial arts films a certain way so the way they yeah, navigate it was around restrictive. it yeah the way they never navigate around it was by adding comedy into it mm-hmm. and now it's suddenly like this like it's kind of like this weird like buster keaton meets you know bruce lee yeah you know um, in fact, Sammo Hung, um, he's in, if, you know, for, for those of you who are interested, if you watch Enter the Dragon, he's, he's got a brief part in the very beginning. He's sparring with Bruce Lee in the beginning. He's Bruce Lee's student. Yeah. Um, later on, he will go on to, uh, Bruce Lee died during the making of a movie called Game of Death. Yeah. And uh, with Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Sammo Hung was brought in years later to finish the, the movie, like to, to, yeah. to finish the, the, the rest of what wasn't filmed and everything and kind of put it, something cohesive together. So this guy's got his hands in a lot of different things, but what I like about um, his output in the 80s is that he was really interested in diving into the horror genre and not just diving into the horror genre, but bringing it back to the original um, Chinese folklore. Yeah. So uh, we have a lot of that. And, and like, yeah, I mean, it... it there's something about Asian horror. It's so good. It is. Um, I w- we were talking about this earlier, and and we'll go into Korea as well because we want to do a lot of uh, Asian Asian film. But um, the three extremes. I, I mm-hmm. mentioned that even early two thousands um, Asian horror is fucking great. Um, but like it is, it is. Um, I I do like all those stories, like especially dumplings. Um, by oh, Fu yeah. Chan, you know, where she eats the dead babies and then, you know, she's cursed. Yeah, and that's the thing is that like um, they just they, I feel like once they got a, they were able to get away do away with the camp, then they got like the yeah. you know, Asian horror films. Because what I was gonna, the reason why I was at, well, the tie I was going to make to is like in house we have uh, there's that scene where um, I think I believe it was Max Head comes flying out of the <laughs> well and is like harassing. I think she bites like one of their asses. You yeah, know? yeah. Like, and in this movie, we have a, we have a scene where, like... You know, there's this, lots of butts. A lot of butts. A lot of butts. But butts are funny. There's that scene where, like... And this is just such a... Like, when you look at it, you're like, God, this is such a visually stunning moment. Not so much for cinematography, but just the, the sequence. The way yeah. that it moves. But it's the scene where um, our, our hero, our master Gao, or whatever his name is, he is trying to protect his student who is being seduced by this weird ghost... This, you know, this pretty ghost lady. And... The ghost lady has enchanted the the student to see the the you know his yeah, his, his, his master as as, as like the, the the stupid cop that we've yeah. been and and so there's this, so there's this three way fight scene where he's fighting the ghost his apprentice is trying to fight him and he's trying to fight off his apprentice um, but there's a part where like the ghost lady's head gets separated from her body yeah and she's attacking and I was like oh my god this is very much like House yeah. Um, and that's just something I, there's always a weird, and I, I wonder if there's like a, a thing behind it that I don't, I'm not sure of, of like in Asian cultures where like, you know, I mean, how many fucking it's movies? It's like magic, like black magic. Yeah. Um, the, you know, the, which... the, the darkest magic. Mm-hmm. That's, that's a quote from uh, BTLC. <laughs> <laughs> um, which is another movie I really love because, you know, it's funny, uh, be, you know, kind of like taking a side note, but what I love about Big Trouble in Little China is that people don't realize that Lo Pan was actually a fucking ca- like a real myth- mythological figure, or like yeah. a historical figure. And I'm like, oh my god, like that give, make, makes my appreciation for Big Trouble in Little China even more. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. Yeah. Hey, look. Mm, the only thing, my favorite films, but let's. The only John thing Carpenter. The only thing that's fake about Big Trouble in Little China is the fucking fact that the San Francisco Chinatown is nothing like that. Yeah. I know this because me and a friend of mine <laughs> spent an hour and a half, two hours <laughs> walking to. around, being like, "Where the fuck is this?" Okay, it's, we're like, and we're doing oh, in our heads. Shit. We're like, okay, it's got to be a street that's big enough to fit a you know a big truck. And it's also got to be big enough to it's fit not, two gangs. But remember, the truck barely fit. Yeah, but still, trust me. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, it's a fucking soundstage. But yeah. that broke my heart, you know? Um, but that was like also like the second time I'd ever been in San Francisco. I was like, look, if you're in San Francisco and you don't at least try yeah. to see where where the fucking, you know, the uh, the, the, the fight scene happened, you know, even though you're, you're going to be shit out of luck, um, whatever, you know? You're gonna, if you don't try to find, you know, Wang's fucking Chinese, uh, Chinese restaurant, know. you know, you're a fucking fool. But um, <laughs> I, I, Even though it doesn't exist, but right. you're still... But, and you know it's weird, and, and I didn't just bring up Big Trouble in Little China to be, you know, facetious either. It's because, you know, the ghosts. The weird thing about the ghosts in both Big Trouble in Little China and and in what we just watched is that they're they're 
they kind of take on like they're like they're not just like these like you know when we think of ghosts we think of like you just you you can pass right through them you know like they're like these translucent like yeah and these ones like they like they they're have, like corporeal exactly that's the um, word I was looking for yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Ghostbusters. Yes. Oh, yeah, <laughs> for sure. Um, uh, yeah, no, <coughs> they are. And then even the the vampires, like you said, they're stiff, they're stone. Yeah. Um, which which I do love. I, I like the differences. It's the same, you know, when you go back far enough, it's just, you know, humanity's reasoning for existence. But they're great how similar and how different they are in, right. in each place that we go to. So, and, and that's what I love, too. Yeah, exactly what you're saying is that, like, you know, every culture has these 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 stories that go back to like the beginning of that that culture's uh, being being yeah. yeah you know and like and and it's their way of explaining certain you know aspects of life that we're also trying to figure out and i like i said i for me what i loved about the hopping vampire is that everything actually has an explanation like i was saying to you like in in um in you know european culture like with the vampire it's like oh vampires don't like garlic it's like why <laughs> or, or, or they, I, I've never understood why, and I think somebody did explain it eventually. But yeah. I never understood why it's got. Why is it a wooden stake that you know? And then it's like, and, and the, the explanation I got was, oh, it, it pins them to the ground. It keeps yeah. them to the earth. You know, I was like, oh man, why can they just never explain that? But why do ghosts hate? Why do vampires and werewolves hate silver? Why do with the hopping vampires? Like, why do they hop? Oh, it's because they need to for. Motion. Yeah, there was thought put behind. Yeah, there was there was there there's an explanation behind it. There's like it's not just like it, sometimes with other cultures it feels like rules are just kind of getting created, you know, like um and tossed around. You know, why is the werewolf only come out in the full moon? Actually, I think that's that was of the 20th century. Yeah. You know, with with the Wolfman. Well, and and a good thing about um as horror evolves and the mythology evolves too. Yeah. Um Well, because so, the yeah. hopping vampire didn't start off as a bloodsucker, but then it becomes one yeah. later on, you know, through the, like I said the 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 cross blending of all these different cultures, but um again, at the at the end of the day, the idea of like, hey, I'm broke and I want to bury my loved one over here and I can't afford to do it, and you go to a priest and they're like, I got this one. You hear the bells, don't fucking look. <laughs> And uh, if you see something hopping, run away, you know? And I'm like, I love that. That's a really cool, um, really, really cool to me. And, and yeah. I, uh, that's why I wanted to do this movie. And I'm glad we did it. It is, dig it up. It's not the easiest movie to find, but it's also not the hardest thing to find. Um, Mr. Vampire. Um, there's the, the guy who directed it, directed, you know, among other things, mm-hmm. two other Mr. Vampire films, all starring Matt, the, the guy who played the master. But oh, like, yes. Uh, who passed away at the ripe old age of 44. Oh, no, really? Yeah, 1997, I think. Uh, that's not that's not very old at no. all. At all. Uh, he also, his most recent film is Mr. Zombie. And oh, that was yes. this year, like, or last year. So, yes, Mr. Yep, going back Zombie. to the... Uh, yep, digging, to, going back to the well, and uh, good for you. Um, but... Damn, that's young, though. Yeah, I mean, we can't, we can't do our traditional, like, oh, this person's in this movie, because, you know what, I haven't seen... A lot of these actors and actresses, I probably won't see in another movie again because some of them. I mean, some of them, you know, um, are, are familiar because, again, especially when you look at um, Asian cinema, they've done an a massive sure. amount of work. Like even uh, when we went to Japan, uh, Takashi Miike oh, yeah. has done hundred a hundred movies. Yeah, uh, and just like uh, all of the other directors, there's like massive Hark, um, Trey Hark, yeah. yeah uh has done an insane amount of film. Yeah. Um so there's always it's just, Yeah, it's just like I I, I John Wu has an, an, an Absolutely. Yeah. I just like I like the you know I, I won't be able to say tell you like oh and then this guy who played his apprentice he shows up because I don't know any of these movies, you know, like which I'm excited to I mean this was a good good intro, uh, intro to that, yeah. you know. I mean before um I mean most of my Asian horror was Japanese because it's the most I think it's the one that has the most crossover. I think, at I least to me, I feel like... Or Korean. Japanese and Korean horror were always more accessible. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was it's, it's interesting how um, some Chinese horror I just am not familiar with um, compared to the, right. to the other two that we're going to talk about, or yeah. we did talk about. But, um, yeah, it's, it's an interesting look I- inside it, and the movies are great, yeah. and they're fun. Absolutely, um, and so I think it's definitely worth taking in a dive into. Absolutely, I recommend Mr. Vampire a lot, and uh, I know uh, you feel the same way. Fun. Yeah, yeah, it's super fun. A lot of fun, a lot of kung super fu. Super fun, creepy movie. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. <laughs> creepy, funny. Um, yeah, 
you know, it's a good movie to watch with people because you just have fun and uh, yeah, and it's silly. It is. It's great though. I I really liked it. So I think that's a good way to that's a good wrap up. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, shout out to Nerd Pins. Yeah. Um, I bought. Okay, so when we were talking about Game of Thrones, I bought um the Caspa pin, which they made, which is awesome. It's the dagger, you know, that yeah. Arya used to kill the Night King. Um, I bought that, but uh, they also sent me a few other pins and of of weird, obscure, kind of obscure stuff. But they had an Antichrist pin. Um, you know the movie Antichrist. Yeah, I hate um, that movie. I know you do, but they they made it, and I I got to appreciate that. And then is it Willem Dafoe and and no, it just says so Chaos Reigns. And oh, it's like I know <laughs> what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, but yeah, it's very interesting. And Nerdpins have made like a whole bunch of cool shit. So check them out for, for sure. sure. Yeah, and then um, don't forget to check us out on Instagram. It's uh, video underscore vampires. Leave uh, us comments, suggestions. Yes. I mean, a lot of the films that we watch are suggestions. Some of them we found. Yeah. Um, we always like to talk about movies. And don't hit us up with that the fucking name of that goddamn... It was a restaurant, and they had animatronic puppets play. Ban- Chuck E. Cheese? Not Chuck E. Cheese. It was the <laughs> other one. I'm going to go fucking crazy. I'll probably look it up after. But There's it, a lot, though. Uh, in Massachusetts? No, no. This is oh. what, I remember, I, I, I grew up in South Jersey first, and, and this one was in the... The New Jersey, Pennsylvania, um, Maryland, and down like Virginia area, yeah. but it was what the fuck? There's a ne- there was a documentary about it, and uh, somebody's gonna remember it. Oh, I think I know what you're talking exactly. about. Exactly. So, it, <laughs> video underscore vampires. Uh, check us out and um, and uh, tell your friends and subscribe so you don't have to worry about our fucking posts saying, "Hey, don't forget to listen to our episode." Um, it'll just come to you when it's done. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye.